And then that sticks with me and it's there for the rest of your life. I can't help it. Uh, and people get mad all the time. Well, that's not her name or that's not their name. Well, you know what? I, I'm just going to call it the best I can. And, but I went to this school and it really was revolutionary for me and it changed my entire life. And I, I'm very grateful that Brother Robert Stokes invited me to go. I'd like to spend the next several, maybe the whole summer, going over this book piece by piece, dissecting it together. I'm telling you, there's some information in here that's life-changing. Uh, it changed my life, and I just got three days of it. I called Danny. I was excited. Anybody that's ever seen me, I got paid the greatest compliment I've been paid in a long time, and I, and, and I don't live by compliments. I want you to know that, but when somebody says something, I know it's God. You know, Anybody ever tell you something, you know it's God speaking to you? They said, Pastor Mark, you don't look frazzled. That was a great compliment because sometimes life has a way of just knocking the mess out of you. And sometimes you feel like you're getting through something and you're good and then here comes something else. And when you're in a ministry that's big, can I say this? You're involved in a big ministry here. This is a big ministry. And so, so things are happening all the time. Last night when you were home, tucked away, maybe out with your family, man, we probably had 40 teenagers, 50 teenagers up here. You know, we were allowing them to have art night, just ministering to them. Their parents were coming and going. Some of those kids are going through some stuff. Man, we're trying to counsel them. Some of them don't have moms. Some of them don't have dads. Uh, I, I, a while ago, I, I'm just so humbled. There's a kid right now taking uh, some pictures. And, and uh, you know, he really didn't even have no nice clothes to take his senior pictures in. I said, hold on, man. Let me go to my office. Let me go to my trailer. Let me, let me help you. You know, I don't care about none of those material stuff. I want to make a difference, man. And you guys allow us to be a part of that difference making. So when you do so, when you do give, when you do get behind, when you do open a gate, when you do cook a breakfast, when you do uh, stand in and, and work the soundboard mic-wise, you're, you're making a difference in some youngster's life, some grandma's life. Man, what a highlight for Miss Lita. To see Earl and Betty, 91 years old, walk across this bridge today. Her brother and her will never forget that. You'll never forget it. I promise you, I want to try to be the most humble man on the planet. But I don't want to be it alone. First thing we learned is emotional healthiness. Can I say this to you? I don't care how smart you are, how long you've been in church, how, how much you think that you know more than the next person. If you're not emotionally healthy, you can't help somebody else be healthy. I told that to Brother Richard the other day, didn't I, Richard? It don't matter how, if God has called you to preach and, and you're supposed to pastor, if you're not emotionally healthy, you can't get anybody else emotionally healthy. We got to be emotionally healthy, folks. If we're going to help our kids... Hey, there's nothing more wrong than a mom that's just out of her mind or a dad that's just overworked. You know, somebody who has allowed the world to just come in on top of them. Your business is, is booming right now. Guess what? Grass is growing. It's raining. It's going to stress you out. But if you're emotionally unhealthy, you're going to cause so much pain in your workforce. It's going to be crazy for you this year. But if you're going to remain mostly healthy, not frazzled, knowing that God's completely in control of everything, He wants you to rest. He wants me to rest. I, I, they thought I was just the craziest guy in the world. They said, you still answer your phone? I said, yeah. No pastors answer their phone. They got somebody that takes that phone call for them. Well, I want to still be connected, but maybe, I'm, maybe I am crazy. I don't know. 
I still like to visit with people and want to be a friend to somebody. But I know there comes a time where I got to turn that phone off and set it down. Can I say this? If the first thing you check is your status on Facebook in the morning, not your relationship with God, you got problems. If the first thing you do in the morning is grab your phone, see how many likes you got, and not ask God to give you grace and mercy and order your steps, you got problems. So we talked about emotionally healthy leadership. And as I look to grow this church, I'm looking for emotionally healthy people. I'm not going to reward people that are not emotionally healthy anymore. If you're looking to grow this church with me, we need to be looking for emotionally healthy people, people that can handle stuff, people who have been through some stuff. Jimmy Evans is the one who put on this school. He's a pastor for 30 years, and his church runs 40,000 people, nine different campuses. They're doing something right. You can call it what you want. They're doing something right. They wrote the best-selling book. He's author of Marriage Today. He's actually stepped away as the pastor of the church, put somebody else. He's the apostolic leader of the church now, like an elder, but he's not the senior pastor anymore because he's focusing on marriage today because he believes that marriages are really important. So he, and he also believes in training pastors. So I just want to give you an insight. He has been in the ministry for over 35 years. He never went to seminary. Has a church that runs over 40,000 people. How'd he get there? God touched him. How'd he get to where he could teach a guy like me? By learning from his mistakes. How do we learn from learning from our mistakes? So I'm going to go with you, and, and we're, going to, we're, we're just going to keep up with this, and hopefully it'll help you, and there's scripture along the way. And uh, the first part we learned was emotionally healthy leadership, and it says, he says this, as I look back to my journey of leadership since my mid-twenties, I realized how much it centered around my level of emotional health. Turn me down just a little bit, Mike, up here on this stage. As a young leader, I was very committed, but extremely emotionally unhealthy and immature. And in retrospect, I can see my progression as a leader has been deeply influenced by my my emotional state. Most of us in leadership or progressing through the ranks of leadership don't advertise our emotional unhealth or immaturity. I didn't, and in public, I tried to hide it, and I tried to carry myself well and try to hide it in my personal life. But in the trenches of life and leadership, we cannot hide who we really are. At some point, all of us will show ourselves in our level of emotional health. How many believe that tonight? You can fake it. You can fake it sometimes. You can look like the best married couple, but if your marriage is not healthy, it'll show up. You can fake it sometimes. You can, you can come in here shining like a diamond, put on all your jewelry, but if you're broke, it'll visually show up. Emotionally healthy people is what God wants for you and me. He wants us to be healthy. He, he inspired. I, one thing I really learned is God created the earth in the sixth day, and on the seventh day he rested. Guys, we got to get rest. In order to be healthy, we got to get rest. In order for us to be good leaders, we got to get rest. Uh, this is a quote that he said. And because of this, God will not promote us beyond our level of emotional health. And if we promote ourselves, we will fail. It says this, God loves us too much to allow us to fail. You're sitting here in the church tonight and say, why ain't I growing? Why ain't I growing? Why ain't this growing? Well, maybe you're unhealthy. 
God loves you so much that he's not going to allow you to be failing. So he's going to block that growth right now. He's going to stop that growth. Someone told me one time, said, I mean, I was ready to go several years ago. And someone told me, said, Brother Mark, God can't elevate you until he gets the people ready to handle that kind of blessing. So he's got to build things up around you so that you can. Man, it was ingenious. I never heard it. What they had said was that your platform has to build. And God does that. He builds our platform. He puts people around us. He puts things. He will not promote us. You say, I walk in this job. I'm qualified. But if you're spiritually unhealthy, you're not qualified. Maybe you're missing a blessing at work. Maybe you're missing an increase in your life because you're unhealthy. It's time to get healthy as a church. Things shouldn't shake us up all the time, people. Things come, things go. We need to concentrate on the one who allows them to come into our life and trust him. God loves us too much to promote us into failure. Gifting, personalities, and talent can only mask emotional unhealthy for a time, and then it overtakes us, and the negativity turns it, turns it around, and overtakes and negative the positives. The greatest mistakes many leaders make is to ignore their own emotional state and to value gifting, talents, and factors over emotional health when recruiting, hiring, and promoting leaders around there. My two greatest failures in leadership, making fear-based decisions. Let me ask you tonight, how many of y'all have ever made a fear-based decision? All of us. We, 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 all right, I got to have somebody right now to run this Sunday school. Got to have somebody right now to run this arena. Got to have somebody right now to take over this motorcycle ministry. Got to have somebody. Wait, no, we don't. We don't have to have it right now. We make those fear-based decisions. We're going to lose this or we're going to lose that person. Or You know, if you're losing your mind <clears throat> to please everybody else, you start making fear-based decisions. You see, we trust God. We don't have to make fear-based decisions. Come on, somebody, believe that with me tonight. <clears throat> I'm going to back this up with Scripture. Don't think I'm just going to up here and just read a bunch of stuff I learned in school. If you're in a relationship right now, and you think, well, if they leave me, I'm not going to make it, so I'll allow them to hit me. I'm in a relationship right now, and I'm going to allow them to hit me because I'm afraid if they leave, I won't make it. That's a lie from the devil. You're going to make it. Scoop up your kids and get out of that situation. If you're in a situation on the job and you are getting just belittled on the job, they're taking advantage of you, they, 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 they run you in the dirt and treat you like crap, and you say, you know what, if I don't, I can't stand it, I, I hate my job. Can I say this? There's nothing worse than going to a place you hate. You're supposed to love your job. You're supposed to work. Anybody work somewhere they love? Anybody work somewhere they love? Huh? Yeah, look, they love their job. Huh? You're supposed to work, and, and Tammy, you love your job? You love your job. You like to go to that place. If you're in an unhappy place, you think, well, I'm never going to make it. If I quit, the economy's just so bad. You know what? If you get out there and look, there might be something that you like. It might not pay as much as you make, but if you got peace, it's better. If you got a piece of peace, it's really better. But if you're working for somebody that's just driving you in the ground, treating you bad, always, always, always upset, always. I used to work for a guy at, at, at Stanley Steamer Carpet Cleaning. This guy was an idiot, man. 
It was in Bryan College Station. He might still be the owner. I don't know. <clears throat> this guy was so crazy. If we didn't make our sales, he got on a treadmill, <clears throat> and we'd come in in the evenings, and he'd be on that treadmill running 100 miles an hour, screaming at us, what did y'all make today? Why couldn't you make more? You told them. And he, you finna have a heart attack, you idiot. I mean, his face would be so beat red, he'd be sweating to death. He'd be running 100 miles an hour. I don't know why he did it, but every day he did that. I thought, man, I'm going to pull the plug on that treadmill <laughs> if I don't leave up out of here. I had to quit. Mary used to work for a lady at the church here. Long time ago, Mary used to work for a lady at the church here. We never had any problems in our finances. We began to learn to trust God. She went to work for a lady who always had trouble in her finances. And she had Mary chasing money and going and getting this and doing that. It wasn't nothing wrong. That's just the way of the world. That's just the way of the world. When you own a business, you got to chase money and this thing. But she had got to the point where, you know, things weren't lining up and she had gotten in debt and things were hurting. And Mary was all the time chasing money, going over here. That's how Mary learned her way around the Conroe area and the woodlands and all that back over in Montgomery. That's how she learned. I was still lost for a year or two. And, and she was getting around she had this little book it was long before gps and uh she was getting around well you know what else got around her panicking over our money she started fretting over our money she started drinking that stuff home she started worried about our bills worried about our finances worrying about this finally i told her you're quitting today because you have brought this worry into our home and you and I have learned to trust God. We had no other choice but to trust God. When we came here, there was nothing to offer us. We had to walk in here and trust God. And now we've allowed worry and fear to walk into our life and it made us unhealthy, unhealthy, emotionally unhealthy. My greatest mistakes many leaders make is to ignore emotional state, uh, value gifting, talents, factors, hiring and promoting leaders, making fear-based decisions because of fear of man, fear of failure, insecurity, and other issues related to emotional unhealthy and immaturity. Ignoring or underrating the emotional health of a leader I was putting into place. Listen to this. The greatest damage ever done to me in the past 30 years of ministry has been done by people I promoted around me. And looking back, I see there was clear warning signs I never should have promoted them. Wow, did you hear what I just read? You've been with me since the beginning. Clearly, that's not just Jimmy Evans. That's Mark Grimes. Some of the worst decisions I, and some of the worst attacks and some of the worst times have been by promoting unhealthy people. Putting them in place. You know what I'm going to do right now? If I see you're serving and you're unhealthy, I'm going to tell you to take a break. I want you to go to church here for the rest of your life. I do. I want you to go to church here for the rest of your life. If you're becoming overwhelmed, if it's taking so much time, it's causing you anxiety and worry, you're upset all the time, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to say, sit down, take a break. I love you enough. I want you to go to church here the rest of your life. But you're not going to stay on that ministry and just be miserable and make everybody else miserable. You need to sit down and just get fed for a minute. I'm scared to do that. Because that could lose somebody too. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Well, I'm a man trying to listen to God. But I can clearly see there's a problem. Your wife ain't going to church. Your husband ain't going to church. Your kids ain't going to church. You're burdened down by life and finances and trouble. And now you're serving God. And you know that you get peace in doing that. But there's really no peace. Sit down and just get healthy. Wow, that's good advice. That's, that's intelligent. That's intelligent. 
That, 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 that's so far over me that I was so glad that I learned that, Miss Connie, because I see in my past and my mistakes, if I could have just grabbed some and said, just sit down a minute. Don't worry about leading this. Don't worry about doing that. Don't worry about opening that gate. Don't worry about teaching that. Don't worry about driving that bus. Don't worry about that. Just sit down. Don't cook a breakfast. Just sit down and relax. Everything's going to be all right. Because, see, I see in my own ministry, I've lost friends, people, loved ones, because they were unemotionally healthy, and I wasn't a strong enough leader to say, sit down, take a break, I love you. You know, i got people in my own life, they'll say, Pastor, take you a break. Go get you some vacation. Get out of here for a minute. I've had people walk up to me and give me seven, $800. You and Mary and the boys, go do something. I, can, I, I think now as I look back over there, I see they could tell that I was frazzled. They could tell that I was emotionally a wreck. There's some right now that I really want to get hold of this. If you're not emotionally healthy, you can't help other people get healthy. You need to rest. In contrast, here's what the Apostle Paul told Timothy what, uh, 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 in appointing leaders. 2 Timothy 2, go there. Here is what the Apostle Paul told Timothy about appointing leaders. We're fixing to appoint new elders in our church. I'm going to look to this advice, to this learning, to this teaching as I promote new elders. I'm not going to promote somebody because they've been with me for years. I'm not going to promote somebody because they're, they're, they're a great servant. I'm not going to promote somebody because they are the first ones here and the last one to leave. I want to promote somebody like the Apostle Paul and the Lord says too. I learned that at school. Hallelujah. You say, well, Brother Mark, ain't it the church's decision? Well, the final decision is mine because I'm the head elder. And so I'm not going to promote somebody because they're qualified because they've been in with me for a long time. I want to promote somebody that's healthy. And I don't care if they've been with me for a short time. As long as they can handle some things, been through some things, overcome some things. Listen to this. 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And these things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So what are we looking for in leadership, guys? Faithful men. Faithful men. How many can say that they're faithful tonight? Don't raise your hand in your heart. You're faithful. Raise your heart. You're faithful. You're still serving God and you've had some hard times. You've lost a loved one. You've been through the mill, the ringer. You've been punched and knocked down. You're like that cross out there. You've been on the ground and you've been back up. But you're still faithful. The Apostle Paul said, if you're going to promote a leader, Michelle, and they need to be faithful. You and your son have been going through some hard times. You've been going through some setbacks. But you've still been faithful. When you're faithful in the, in the hard times, God will make you ruler in the good times. Somebody needs to get that tonight. When I look for people from now on, uh, it says look for men, men or women, depending upon the context. It's a Greek word called anthropul, and, and, and the word, it comes from the word faithful, worthy of being trusted, confident and faithful to God, worthy of being trusted. How many people want to have people in their life they can trust? How would you like to be someone that someone else could trust, Audrey? Being a trustworthy person. 
Someone that people could trust. You know, I, I got a saying. If I leave you with my kids, that means I love you. If I, I mean, when my kids were little, I didn't leave them with nobody. And so I came to this church and became a Christian and knew that there was times that me and Mary had to do things. We had to find somebody to leave the kids with. And man, there were some people that were faithful and we knew that we could leave the kids with them. And man, we were okay. Never made us comfortable because we're a tight-knit family. We're a close family. But I knew that I could trust them. How many right now are married to someone that they could trust? Don't raise your hand. Raise your heart. Raise your heart. Let me ask you, if you're married, can they trust you? Raise your heart. If not, you need to get right. You need to get right tonight. If you want to be going somewhere with God, if you want to be raised up, if you want to go to, you know, it's funny. The smallest things God sees. Let me share with you what's on my phone. Oh, my phone ain't with me. But I have, I'm not going to share that story. Maybe I will later. Can I say this to you? The smallest of offense can cause you to lose your blessings. Taking something that don't belong to you can cause you to lose your blessings. It can be something just as simple, something so profound, something that just means nothing to nobody, but to God, He sees all things. I know someone, let's just say this, I know someone who took some of those little things that, that uh, uh, they put on the tables at Whataburger to tell you your meal is ready. You know those little number things that says 13 here and great here? And, well, I know someone that took a couple of those, and that ain't no big deal, is it? They got hundreds of those. But if it didn't belong to you, it's a big deal. And that causes you to lose your blessings. I know somebody right now, I know somebody right now who's very wealthy, but they have no joy because they watch pornography and things that they shouldn't. The peace has been robbed out of his life because he's allowed the devil in. You say, I know another guy who concentrates on video games so much that he neglects his family and he takes the controller and little Johnny and little Susie have to sit and watch the 44-year-old man play video games. When I heard this, it was driving his family crazy. I just want to go say, slap, stupid, you're 44, get over it. Get up, go, Donkey Kong is moved out of the building, get gone, Pac-Man is over. Pac-Man is through. Centipede is out. Donkey Kong is gone. Mario Brothers has left the building. Don't you just want to slap somebody? It's 44 years old and you're playing video games. That's retarded. That's crazy to me. That's, that, 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 that's like on the back burner. Yeah, sometimes sitting down playing with the kids is fun. But when you neglect the family, when you can't pay your bills because you're buying $100 games, crazy, Lyle. Huh? Crazy, man. Am I wrong or right, man? Somebody grab something with me. That's just crazy to me. What happened to a family game of Twister and everybody sticks their leg in, stick your leg out? In? Crazy. 
Don't make any sense. Kids are laughing at me. So if we're going to appoint leaders, they've got to be faithful. Say faithful. Faithfulness doesn't speak of speaking of gifting or talented. Faithfulness does not speak of gifting and talented. Everybody's gifted. Come on, somebody. Everybody's gifted. Everybody has some talent. Faithfulness does not speak of gifting and talented because every one of you are different and every one of you are gifted. Jimmy's a great carpenter. Someone else over here might be a great cook. A guy back there might be a great cleaner. A one over here might be a great teacher. Everyone is gifted and everyone is talented. But we're not looking for gifted and talented people anymore. We're looking for faithful people. If I were single, and I plan on never being single, because if something happens to my wife, I'm just going to be waiting on God to get me back to her. That's my position. That's my, I've been with her for 19 years. Do y'all know how long it took me to train that woman? She ain't here, so I can talk about her. It took me lots of years to get her trained to put up with me. She'll tell you that. But she's faithful. She's faithful. She's faithful in the good times. She's faithful in the bad times. I don't want to look for another one. I don't want to train another one. She's faithful. God brought her to me, gave her to me, and I'm going to wait on her. If she goes before me or I go before her, I know, I know that there's not going to be anybody there to replace that. You say, Brother Mark, you don't know how that feels. Well, I, I can tell you right now, for me, that's how I feel today. She is faithful to me. I don't know if there's anybody ever been more faithful to me than Mary Grimes. I had one guy come into my office not long ago. He said, I want to be the worship leader of this church. I do the putting it on the PowerPoint, I plan the music, I make the songs, I do this, I know how to play music, I lead, I do this, and you got your wife, and she's the worship leader of the church, and I, 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 I want to be the worship leader of the church, and, and I want to be paid, and I, and I, and I think that, that everybody's great, but I want to be the head chief in charge, I want to be the leader, I want to be the worship leader. He was looking at me, and he was very serious. And I looked at him, and I was very serious. I said, I had a lot of people that played that guitar walk out of this church. I had a lot of people that knew how to sing walk out of this church. I had a lot of people that knew how to work that computer walk out of this church. My wife has never walked out on me, so she's going to remain the worship leader. Now, I did that out of love. I did that out of love because I do everything I possibly can out of love. Everything I possibly, hey, pay attention. I do everything out of love. But I meant when I said she ain't never walked out of me. She's been faithful. You think I'm going to sell her out for a good guitar player? You think I'm going to sell her out because a guy knows how to do lights and sound? I'm not going to sell you out. I ain't going to sell you out. If you're here and you're faithful and you're committed, I ain't selling you out. I got you back. I'm going to dig you out, I'm going to get you out, I'm going to bail you out, I'm going to be beside you. Because I'm faithful. God is looking for us to be faithful anyhow. He wants us to be faithful. Anybody ever been with somebody that's unfaithful? Whoo, that's a whole nother sermon. I'm not even going to touch that. If you're single, if you're looking to hire people, 
We're looking to build leaderships in your home. Look for faithful people. I'm going to go about five more minutes. And I'm, Anybody getting anything out of this? Is this decent? Is it, if you don't like it, just tell me, and we probably won't change. Uh, faithfulness doesn't at all speak of influences or personalities. Faithfulness doesn't at all speak of influences or personalities. What does that mean, Brother Mark? If you got all the money in the world, that don't make you faithful. If you got all the influences in the world, you know how many people name drop? I live in this world where people name drop. Now, I'm good with names, but I'm not very good with celebrity names. I, and people in the community and this person and that person. But I know pastors who are really good at that. Oh, such and such. He's with the first assembly and this person with that person. This, this person. If you really hadn't done anything faithful, I really don't know who you really are. You might be the most faithful person in the world, but until I can see that in my own eye, I really don't know who you are. But I know people that name drop. I've seen people come into this church and they name drop. Watch this. I want to teach you something. If you see an artist up here on this stage name dropping, he's not sure of himself. I'm just telling you. I got this award. I got this award. I'm the dove winner. I'm this. I'm that. Watch. He's probably not pretty sure of being confident of who he is in Christ. So he's got to give you titles and accolades and people that he's familiar with. You know who I'm familiar with? I'm familiar with Caney Creek Cowboy Church. I'm familiar with Jesus Christ. I, 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 the influences in my life are you guys. The influences in my life is Jesus Christ. And there's other people outside the church who have really touched me. Jim Teal, it's his birthday today. I just wrote a long thing telling him, man, I'm so glad you're in my life. He's the judge in Tilden, Texas. He, he has just blessed my life tremendously. First time he heard me preach, man, I'm going to tell you, he ran out to my truck and he handed me $5,000 cash. And he said, I have never heard anything like that in my life. I want to bless your ministry. He did. He chased me down. He handed me $5,000. Harry, you was with me. Y'all were down there. He chased me down. Never met that man in my life. He said, he said I've never heard anything like that in my life. I, I, want, I want to be a blessing to you, ministry. He handed me $5,000 cash. And it was at a time when I really needed it. And God said to give it to the youth building. We were able to finish the youth building, some of the stuff we had to get done. That's where the money went. And the next year I went down there and he did it again. He's been a tremendous blessing. You know, this guy gives away cars. This guy gives away 10, 15 cars a year. I'm not talking about a $700 car. I'm talking about a $3,500, $5,000, $6,000, $7,000 car. God has blessed him. He's just like us. He works every day just like us. God's blessed him, but he's obedient, and God has opened up some doors for him. And I'm going to tell you something. I think one time he gave 15, 20 cars away a year. I want to be just like that guy. That's the influences in my life. That's what I'm looking to associate myself with. That's who I'm going to brag on. Someone I know will leave a car and a set of keys in somebody's driveway and say, I, say I, I see you're hurting, I see you're downtrodden, I want to bless you. Just like that video today where that guy had wrote that letter and said, hey, go down here, I see you need new tires, go get them. I've already paid for them. That's who I want to know. Not somebody on TV. Yeah, it would be really cool to get Tim Tebow in this church, but I can't afford hundred grand to get Tim Tebow. You know what, the Duck Dynasty guys are really cool to watch on TV, and they really do some great things for God. But to get the younger brother, Jeb, is 40 grand. To get Willie, it's almost a quarter of a million dollars. 
to get the dad? Man, you ain't got no money. Now it's great, and they met that popularity, and they can get that, and that's great, and praise God, I ain't hating on them. I ain't hating on them. But I'd rather have a testimony from one of you guys sometimes. What you've done, what you've been through, what you see, and what you've overcome in your life. So I don't have to stand here with Willie or some fancy guitar player to know who I am in Christ. Can I say this to you? Kids, kids. The most popular people in school back in my day, when they got out of school, were never so popular. To trying to be like those kids, cut your hair like them, dress like them, talk like them, do the things like them, you're making a mistake. You're making a big mistake. Be you. Be original. Being original, being original, God can take you further than you could ever take by yourself. Faithfulness doesn't speak of gifting and, and talent. Faithfulness doesn't speak of influences or personality. Faithfulness doesn't at all speak to relationships or likability. I'm not going to put anybody in leadership just because everybody likes them. Just because you like somebody don't mean they're emotionally healthy. Faithfulness doesn't at all speak to intellect or attractiveness. Just because she's pretty don't mean she got it together. Oh, I can tell you one one time, man. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I did a funeral one time. Who was the funeral for? No, I ain't going to say because it might be one of your family members. Uh, I did a funeral one time, and there was this gorgeous lady there. She had long blonde hair. She was beautiful, and she had a husband, and he was gorgeous, and he was all muscled up and studly, and she was beautiful, and they lived over there in the big neighborhood across town, and, and they were faithful in their church, and they sat down. We had a wonderful conversation, and, and, and she said, I sing. I'm going to go, guys, and get you one of my CDs. And, man, this CD had a cover on it with the cellophane tape. It looked like a George Strait. And she had her pretty picture, glamour shot on there, man. She was gorgeous. She had everything. And I'm going to tell you something. We popped that thing in, and we slid that thing in, and, brother, she sang worse than I did. <laughs> I am not, I, I'm not kidding you. She wanted to come do a concert. I gave you guys a, a, a blessing by not allowing her to. I'll tell you. I hope she never gets this CD. <laughs> she was awful. I mean, the worst singer I'd ever heard in my life. And I've heard some bad ones. I listened to myself. She was awful. She was gorgeous. He was good looking. He said he was a preacher. He's a prophet. He was healing people and delivering the devil. Got to him on the phone one night. Was going to use him here for some stuff. Found out who was really in control of their life. They got an argument on the phone with me on the other end. I've never met these people other than that funeral. <laughs> Here, talk to him. <laughs> it's crazy. And he storms out and leaves me with her. I'm doing marriage counseling on somebody I've just met at the funeral. And I'm like, I thought about that when I read that right there. Faithfulness doesn't all speak to intellect or attractiveness. Here, I'm done. Listen. Faithfulness speaks to a combination of commitment, spiritual maturity, emotional health. Faithfulness speaks to a combination of commitment. Ask yourself tonight, are you committed? 
Are you committed? Not to this church, but to Christ. Being committed to this church is always a plus too, though. Are you spiritually mature? Are you working on your relationship with the Lord? Are you leaving your past nature out of it? Are you emotionally healthy? The premier attributes the Paul, the premier attributes the Apostle Paul used to locate and appoint top leaders in the early church was focused on, uh, on health and maturity rather than all those other things we talked about. But this is very different than how we promote leaders in the church. There are a huge segment of the churches and many large denominations that focus primarily on education. You are qualified you are qualified to lead based on your academic and your theological credentials. I wouldn't be qualified. If y'all were looking for somebody that was academically and theologically an intellect, I would be disqualified for this position of pastor of Caney Creek Cowboy Church. But I know there are churches that will not hire pastors if they hadn't been to school, if they hadn't been to seminary, if they hadn't got the degree. Let me ask you this. Is that more important? No. I think what's more important is the calling that God has laid upon your life. <clears throat> Call. They would never let you be an elder. Never. Because of your past. Because of some of the ways you have, some of the ways you are. Because of where you live. They would never let you. They would never let me. They would never let half this body serve in some churches. But thank God that we don't believe like that. Give Him praise tonight. Ain't that right, Carl? Huh? Ain't that right, guys? I mean, I, I, I just want to be truthful with you tonight. There was only a level that I could serve at at Parkview. I'm sure I never made elder in that church. You know, I had a guy come to me one time and said he couldn't be an elder in his church because he'd been married before. And that his pastor wouldn't let him serve in the church other than being a greeter because he had been married before. That troubled me. It, it, it wore me out. I, I, I couldn't live with myself unless I found out something. I went back to the guy and said, I, I, I want you to leave that church. He said, what? I said, I want you to talk to your pastor about this. I want you to leave that church. What are you talking about? I said, you're going to tell me that God would forgive a murderer, but he won't forgive you because you got a divorce. Amen. You're going to tell me that God will forgive a liar, a thief, but he won't forgive you because you got married to the wrong person and it didn't work out. So they're holding this over your head. There are denominations that will hold things over your head. If you got tattoos, uh-uh, you better cover them up. Don't come in here with all those clothes. You better have some better clothes. That's sad to me. They would never give a guy like Dame Ramey a place. What? He lived on the street? Oh, no, we got to have a prestigious guy out here working. There's a huge segment of churches and denominations who primarily focus on education. There's another segment of churches, especially charismatic realm, that are focused on gifting and personality. And again, the modern era of the church is to repeat with example and fail and fail and fail. If you continue to fail at what you've done before, it's time to change. 
The most troubling of all is when leaders are chosen based on wealth, influence, and some political motivation, which is also very common. If we want to see long-term blessings and growth of our church in our ministry, we must use the Word of God as our source of inspiration and guidance. I'm going to leave you with that tonight. The Apostle Paul said he's looking for people, men and women, that are faithful. You getting anything out of this tonight? I, I, I think about Jesus for a minute. And how he chose his disciples. He chose 12 disciples knowing one of them was the son of the devil who would betray him. But all the other 11 fulfilled their ministry and remained faithful to God. Even under extreme persecution and martyr. Jesus didn't choose learned men, powerful men, or wealthy men. Nor did he use those standards for promoting the women around him. Put that down. I believe that in my heart. He chose some fishermen, some tax collectors, even a betrayer. Served a big purpose in his life. There were some women around him, guys. Prostitutes. Ladies of the night. God just said, okay. You're the one I want. God's looking for you to be faithful tonight. Will you be faithful to him? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this night. Thank you for allowing us to come together. Thank you for Jimmy Evans tonight. Lord, wherever he is, bless him tonight abundantly. Lord, I know that there's some need that needs to be met in his life. Would you meet that tonight? Father, for he has been a blessing to me by allowing me to learn what he's learned. Lord, I thank you so much for this church for this core group that's here tonight, Father, that we may become more faithful, Lord, in all the areas of our life. Father, as we dig into this and we stay dug and into this, Father, I believe that you're going to teach us all more and more each day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Bless you guys for coming tonight, amen. Bless you guys, amen.